All right, folks, welcome along, Philip Ward Show. You know, if it wasn't clear enough already, I think the breaking news that we are receiving just now, and I'm reading from the Daily Wire here, they were the first to report on it as far as I saw, that Joe Biden and his sprint to radicalism, he is being controlled by the radical leftist wing of his party. And now it's in print writing. Breaking news in the Daily Wire. Democrats introducing legislation to pack the Supreme Court with four new justices. Now, currently we have nine members of the Supreme Court, nine Supreme Court justices, six conservatives, five and a half with Chief Justice John Roberts still around, and we have compared uh, compare that to the three liberal justices. Now they want to add four. This will give 13 members of the court, 13 justices on the Supreme Court, therefore giving Democrats a seven to six majority on the court. There's a reason that they want to add four more. So that, and, and by the way, Sometimes, and I say sometimes, I mean, it's, it's kind of right down the middle as far as Chief Justice John Roberts goes. You never know who he's going to side with, the conservatives or the liberals. I would like to see more from uh, Justice Coney Barrett and Justice uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. I would I would really would. You know, I, I can't help to, to say that there's been rulings that I've been disappointed in them with. And I'm always disappointed. And uh, Chief Justice Roberts, uh, Justice Thomas, phenomenal. Probably the most conservative justice on the bench. Not just by results and, uh, or his rulings and the opinions that he gives, but just given his full, undoubted, unbelievable, uh, you know, uh, attempt to bring conservatism all throughout the country. Justice Alito, same exact thing. Have nothing but the utmost respect for both of those justices. So here's in writing, House and Senate Democrats are reportedly preparing to unveil legislation on Thursday to pack the Supreme Court with four new justices. The bill would add four seats to the high court, bringing the total to 13 from the current nine. The Intercept reported, they were the first one to report on it. We'll be honest with you, I do not read The Intercept. I, I try my best to stay away from it. The bill being led by House Judiciary Committee Chair Jerry Nadler, Subcommittee Chair Hank Johnson, and Freshman Representative Mondaire Jones. In the Senate, the bill is being championed by Ed Markey of Massachusetts. The legislation comes as Democrat President Joe Biden announced last week that he created a commission to study court packing. A political move, now get this, that is so toxic that the majority of Americans oppose it. But he did it because according to the New York Times, he was, quote, under pressure from activists. This should be the final confirmation, the final nail in Joe Biden's coffin. Joe Biden is not running the show at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Joe Biden, I wouldn't even be surprised if he doesn't even know where he is half the time. I mean, right now, he oh, he's definitely sleeping. It's not like President Trump when he was up at all hours of the night. I mean, the man would sleep three to four 
Powers and I didn't be working diligently to help the American people. Well, now Joe Biden, all he does is sign executive orders and, and, and on the executive orders, because this is something that really perplexes me. And by the way, I'm not going to give the Democrats any ideas at all. They're already trying to ram through their radical ideologies and put them onto the American people. But I'm not sure if Joe Biden understands this or not. You have a Republican president be elected in 2024 and all of his executive orders, see you later. They're gone. You have the House right now. You have the Senate. You can get things passed or at least you would think so. But that's not the route that Joe Biden wants to go down. No, Joe Biden, in his own words, would rather be a dictator than get uh, uh, the House and the Senate to confirm whatever the policy is that he's putting forward. And uh, this tonight, I mean, it, it's not surprising if anyone's, you know, if, if you haven't been paying attention, it might come as a little bit of a shock. But this party now is so radical that nothing they do anymore is going to shock me. This is from the same party that wants to abolish and defund the police. This is a sitting president of the United States that says police in this country have become the enemy. And we're seeing another night of rioting in Brooklyn Center and Minnesota. I, again, what is their end goal? What, what is this doing right now? I mean, you want to go loot and destroy and rob? I just saw on Fox News robbing a, a liquor store. I mean, it, is that really the smartest thing to do? Absolutely not. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I don't think it does them any good. I don't think anyone having any ties to Black Lives Matter at all, a Marxist organization, their ideological frame. This is from their co-founder, Patrice Kahn Colors. She herself says, our ideological frame. We are trained Marxists. Why would you ever want to go along with anyone who bluntly comes out and says, yeah, we're Marxists. And, 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 and we see it all throughout, not only the country, but all throughout the entire world. I mean, I'm a massive fan of soccer. I love playing soccer. I love watching soccer. And all I see is the, the soccer players taking a knee for Black Lives Matter. And I really wonder, do they really know what they're doing? You have the NFL, named on this program the MFL, the Marxist Football League. Again, in ties with Black Lives Matter. Do they really know the background? That's what I want to know. Same thing goes for the Georgia voting bill, which we'll get into um, later on in the program. Now, I have to discuss, though, and I read the New York Post just about every single day, uh, yeah, you know, have the uh, article in front of me here, and it was the the front page. Tremendous today from the New York Post. Here's the headline: "You're more of a Fredo, Andy," referring to the governor of New York City, and that's about it. Andrew Cuomo. Get this now. Here's the in the byline: Governor Cuomo compared himself to Sonny from The Godfather. Now, I have a few poll quotes here from the article, uh, by the way, written by Bruce Golding. Governor Andrew Cuomo once likened himself to the hot-headed mobster Sonny Corleone, Corleone, however you want to say it, obviously from The Godfather. He even bragged 
about his sexual prowess during a strategy session with his staffers. He says this. This is an exact quote from Andrew Cuomo. And this is a former aide who described how Cuomo enthusiastically described his power to intimidate people under investigation who visited his office. Cuomo said this. I loom over that table. In their minds, I'm Sonny Corleone. And I'm capable of anything. First of all, the arrogance of this man. Cuomo's reported godfather fixation publicly surfaced last year when he suggested to Dr. Anthony Fauci that they were like the modern-day De Niro and Pacino, who co-starred in the sequel in 1974, Godfather Part Two. But in response, though, to the 2019 controversy when uh, Andrew Cuomo's younger brother, brother effectively known as Fredo Cuomo uh, and that's what happened in this video here if you haven't seen the video I'll describe it real quick he's at some sort of event sort of looks like a lawn fate or an event that's outside uh, and I don't know if it was just someone trying to cause trouble I don't know the motive behind it but he was saying to Chris Cuomo CNN anchor who, who can't report on his brother he said I can't report on my brother when it's bad news but when he was a hero and everyone loved him in the mainstream media, and he got an Emmy for his performance throughout COVID. He was so brave and so courageous, and at least someone's taking this virus seriously. Then he then he had him on there, and he was laughing and joking while thousands of New Yorkers were dying. I mean, that's great leadership, right? So he was addressing that controversy, and he said, he used the, the, the Godfather as an anti-Italian. He says, Quote, when you repeat the negative stereotypes, you are repeating the discrimination. So if he was so offended by what the heckler was calling his brother, Chris Cuomo, calling him Fredo Cuomo, which, by the way, is a reference to uh, Sonny's brother, who's like a coward all throughout the movie, then why is he comparing himself and Dr. Fauci to De Niro and Pacino? Uh, it, 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 the hypocrisy on the left, it has no ends. Anyway, there, there, there's much more to come from this. So, Andrew Cuomo, uh, they said, also reportedly accused an aide of going easy on a female journalist for personal reasons. Cuomo asked this aide, quote, you banging her? Now, that that's not where it ends throughout this piece. Cuomo also repeated, reportedly insulted an unidentified male official in 2019 with a crude reference to transgender people. Well, where are the trannies right now? Now they got to be outraged about Cuomo. I mean, the trannies, they love the Democrat Party, right? Well, this is what Andrew Cuomo said. Quote, you'd be a good looking tranny if you get a good set of I'm not sure if I can say it on radio or not, so I'm not going to. It starts with a T and ends with an S. I will leave it at that. Also, female breasts will say that. That's what he said to an aide. You'd be a good-looking tranny if you got a good set of those. <laughs> How about this? During his first failed bid for governor in 2002, Cuomo reportedly assured political figures he would appeal to black voters 
by saying that blacks have three pictures on their walls jesus martin luther king jr and one of the kennedy brothers i there's two stereotypes there for you transgender community now the black community doesn't end there cuomo also reportedly vented to his campaign team about an event celebrating the jewish holiday of sukkot i'm not sure how to pronounce it s-u-k-k-o-t uh, a harvest festival that traditionally involves gathering and temporary outdoor structures with roofs made of branches or other organic material this is what he said about that jewish holiday ah oh, these people and their effing tree houses i mean it doesn't end with this guy and how bad he's been let alone and that was in the new york post and we even have the new york times if you remember january 28th report new york times new york severely undercounted virus deaths in nursing home report says then you had the other report that came out march 4th uh cuomo aids rewrote nursing home report to hide higher death toll i mean i'm not sure it ever ends with andrew cuomo and just how bad he really well and truly is now it's one thing when you're saying that about different communities and remember he he's the he's a democrat leader he has compassion he cares about minorities right yeah okay uh that's i mean that's bad enough but then we have nine allegations of sexual harassment against this governor that's that makes it even worse but the worst part about andrew cuomo's governorship is that this is a man that knowingly on march 25th his executive order put covid positive patients into nursing homes the the death toll went astronomically higher because of that executive order and this is a man that has yet to take any responsibility for it whatsoever i don't even think that he, he ever really will and listen i mean at the start of the pandemic some call it pandemic we didn't know what was going on with this virus i mean and and honestly at this point in time i believe that that president trump was duped by anthony fauci i really do believe that i believe fauci is a deep state actor partisan washington dc democrat swamp hack that would do anything to make sure that donald trump was out of office i really believe that at this point i have no trust in dr anthony fauci at all the highest paid federal employee who gave seven million dollars to the wuhan institute of virology no trust in him whatsoever but i mean even at the beginning of the pandemic you know it, it, governors made mistakes but i mean you as a leader you know there's an old saying that when things go right as a leader you don't give credit just to yourself with which andrew cuomo will do easily he'll do that as well but you give credit to your whole entire team when things go wrong though as a leader you need to step up you need to be the first one to hold your hand up and say you know what i got this wrong andrew cuomo hasn't done a single thing anything like that at all i mean what says what's the thing that he's done throughout the pandemic oh that's right killed thousands of new yorkers 
He's a disgrace, not only to this state, but to the entire country. All right, anyway, other news we got uh, breaking tonight. The Minnesota mayor, and this is in uh, Brooklyn Center. Uh, again, this guy, Mayor Mike Elliott, who says that police shouldn't even have weapons when they're conducting a routine traffic stop. I mean, again, tell that to the officer in New Mexico that did a routine traffic stop that got killed. How about the officer in Long Island? who was stabbed in an artery in the leg. Well, today, here's your headline, Minnesota mayor removes thin blue line flag outside police station over criticism. It's inflammatory. And they can't even have a, a, a thin blue line. And by the way, I wear on my wrist every single day a thin blue line uh, bracelet because I, unlike this mayor, who's the leader of his city, I actually have respect for law enforcement, border official, border officers, police officers, correction officers, whoever it is that dedicates their life to law enforcement and keeping our American communities safe will always have my respect. Unlike the Democrat Party, it's disgusting. Now, I want to be sure here to give you a, a per, two perfect examples, one of what it's like being a Democrat in the United States, and then another one of what it's like to be a conservative. Here's your headline. Dante Wright shooting, and again, Deontay Wright shooting, you in there for some reason. Dante Wright shooting. Ex-Minnesota police officer, Kim Potter, to be charged with second degree manslaughter. Local prosecutors in Minnesota on Wednesday expected to charge former Brooklyn Center police officer Kim Potter with second-degree manslaughter in the death of 20-year-old Dante Wright. And by the way, I mentioned Democrat and conservative. You'll see what I mean in a second because we're going to get to Ashley Babbitt who was killed in the, oh, in the Capitol riot. And it was so bad at the Capitol, right? And I mentioned Dante, uh, Dante Wright as a Democrat because it, all you have to do is go through his old Facebook posts, and you'll see that this was an anti-Trump guy through and through. So she's going to get charged with second degree manslaughter. And Washington County Attorney Pete Orput is expected to announce the second degree manslaughter charge. Uh, the charge carries a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison. That's according to the Associated Press. Uh, the Minneapolis Star Tribune and Minnesota Public Radio are reporting on uh, or puts expected charging announcement. He said on uh, Tuesday, yesterday, that he is reviewing information about the Potter case, would announce a charging decision uh, by today. So this is what. So she's going to get charged with ma uh, second degree manslaughter for the killing of Dante Wright. Here, I mean, you can't make this up. Here's another headline from today, though. Capital riot. Police officer won't face charges in fatal shooting of Ashley Babbitt. Now, if you don't know the name Ashley Babbitt, she was a Trump supporter who so-called stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Didn't pose a threat to anyone. And a officer, U.S. Capitol Police officer, there's video of this, by the way, literally just shoots her, guns her down when she was posing no threat whatsoever so where are the democrats they want accountability for police officers right 
oh, I guess only if they kill a black American. And we've already debunked that narrative. Whites are killed more than blacks are by police. And on top of that, we've already had 97 officers die just in 2021 alone. So how is it, though, that this police officer, when she says it, it looks to me as though it was an accident. I mean, she said, taser, 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 and she shoots her gun. I mean, listen, a fatal mistake, and I I am all for she should be held accountable for that. But how come this Capitol police officer isn't being held accountable? That's what I want to know. The Department of Justice will not pursue charges. Uh, investigation conducted by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia determined that there is insufficient evidence to support a criminal prosecution. Again, remember, just boom, guns her down in the U.S. Capitol. But because she's a Trump supporter, forget about it. Who cares? Her life didn't matter. And that's how this, you talk about the Department of Justice. It's the Department of Just Us. Uh, and by the way, Kim Potter has already uh, been released. She posted um, uh, the bail, which was uh, at $100,000. Uh, other news we got going today. How about this? The New York Times, again, are be showing that their act activist journalists, they're not true journalists whatsoever, have no journalistic integrity at all. And by the way, this, I mean, this is a perfect example. Here's what the New York Times comes out with today. The CEOs who didn't sign a big defense of voting rights. They've compiled a list of CEOs here. Here's your Society of Professional Journalists. I refer to it quite often. Uh, the Code of Ethics. And again, this is you know the bipartisan, right down the middle, just journalists who say this is what the Code of Ethics should be. Seek truth and report it. Okay? Minimize harm. Ethical journalism treats sources, subjects, colleagues, and members of the public as human beings deserving of respect. Is that what the New York Times is doing here? By right, Because to me, I believe this is threatening. That's what they're doing to the CEOs. Act independently, be accountable, and transparent. I, the, the, the New York Times has just become, they've, they've become activists. There's no journalism involved in the New York Times anymore. I mean, the CEOs who didn't, who didn't, how dare they not sign a defense of voting rights? And as far as, as far as voting rights go, by the way, Breitbart writes today, hundreds of corporations, including Starbucks, Netflix, signed letter opposing election integrity laws you know what state they're talking about it's always 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 georgia and by the way did you see uh uh who's the actor freshman uh uh will smith said that he's pulling his movie out of georgia because they're suppressing voting rights and again it's got nothing to do with suppressing any voting rights at all uh Hundreds of corporations, including Starbucks, Amazon, Netflix, signed a letter signaling their opposition to election integrity efforts in numerous states, promising to oppose any, any related legislation they deem discriminatory. The effort led by former Ex uh, American Express Chief Executive Kenneth Chenault and Merck Chief Executive 
Kenneth Frazier, both of whom recently led a group of black business leaders urging corporations to take a stand against election integrity efforts, uh, has corporations vowing to stand against any discriminatory legislation representing what the New York Times deemed the, quote, broadest coalition yet to weigh in on the issue. Now, Coca-Cola and uh, Delta, well, they were one of the first ones to condemn the Georgia law after it passed, but as far as they're concerned, they declined to add their names to it. Home Depot also declined, even though its co-founder Arthur Blank said in a call with other business executives on Saturday, he supported voting rights. Another Home Depot co-founder, Ken Langoon, is a vocal supporter of Donald Trump. Coca-Cola, Delta, declined to comment. Now, uh, uh, on top of just corporations signing this, now you got George Clooney, Katy Perry, Leonardo DiCaprio, Hollywood Studios signing a letter opposing voter integrity laws. It said uh, a slew of left-wing Hollywood celebrities and studios, including Netflix and Viacom CBS, signed an open letter published Wednesday protesting discriminatory voter integrity laws that they believe will be used to restrict voter access. Now, it's almost become tiring how many times we have to go over this and explain what's really in the law, the bill passed by Governor Kemp of Georgia and the Georgia Republicans. This is what the bill does. And this is from Governor Kemp himself, the man who signed the bill. Who's going to know it any better than Governor Kemp? It expands access to early voting statewide by requiring two mandatory Saturdays and allowing local election officials the option of up to two Sundays during early voting. This change applies to all 159 counties in Georgia for the first time and result in hundreds of hours of increased early voting opportunities across the state. The bill requires all voters to provide a driver's license or a free, again, free, if you don't have a state ID card, they're going to give you one for free so that they can confirm you are the person you say you are. This would replace the cumbersome signature match process, thereby significantly streamlining, streamlining, excuse me, and securing absentee ballot verification and tabulation. For the first time, ballot drop boxes, which were not available to Georgia voters prior to the pandemic, are mandated in every county, while also assuring drop boxes are secured around the clock. The bill also protects polling locations from electioneering by private officials. Within 100 feet of the precinct, election officials may provide water at stations. Beyond 150 feet, as previous Georgia law allowed, private individuals, Republicans or Democrats, advocating for and saying you, you should vote for our party, may campaign and provide food and water for voters. So everything you're hearing about the bill, when they say you can't even give water to people that are standing in line, that's a lie. And the whole thing about the Georgia polls, the location, polling location closing at five o'clock when people are getting out of work, as Joe Biden says, it's not Jim Crow, it's Jim Eagle. Another lie. Requires election officials to continue tabulating votes until counting is complete. 
mandates the use of security paper to ensure complete authentication of ballots so that this way the Georgia officials can't pause voting at 10 o'clock at night then resume at at 3 a.m. when all these mail-in ballots come flowing in for Joe Unity Biden. Uh, hey, we got uh, Biden's UN ambassador, Linda Thomas-Greenfield, saying this today, telling the National Action Network that if America's going to join the UN's Human Rights Council, we must, quote, acknowledge our own failures. This is what she said. White supremacy is weaved into our founding documents and principles. How about that? On a global stage, we're being embarrassed. And the U.S. U.N. ambassador, this Linda Thomas-Greenfield, white supremacy weaved into our founding documents and principles. And that's just great, right? Uh, hey, Johnson & Johnson, uh, you had here Johnson Johnson's COVID vaccine will remain on pause. Uh, Federal Advisory Committee said uh, today it needs time and evidence to determine if the shot is linked to serious blood clots uh, experienced by a handful of patients. I, I, I don't know what's going on with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, but you know, to me, if they, you got six people having blood clots, clots six and out of what, six point. 8 million or something like that that have already gotten the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. I mean, that 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 sounds like it, it it's working pretty well to me. Uh, hey, Joe Biden announcing today that we're going to be leaving Afghanistan. How about this? The Taliban, listen to this headline in uh, the Washington Times. Taliban warns Biden, don't you dare break Trump deal or U.S. troops will be held liable. The Taliban on Wednesday issued a stark warning to President Biden vowing that U.S. troops still in Afghanistan past May 1st, which is in, what, 16 days now, will be held liable and will face face a fresh wave of attacks. By the way, the, the this Taliban spokesman, not even going to try to say his name, uh, saying on Twitter, the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan seeks the withdrawal of all foreign forces from our homeland on the date specified in the Doha Agreement. If the agreement is adhered to, a pathway to addressing the remaining issues will be found. So if the agreement is breached and foreign forces fail to exit our country on the specified date, problems will certainly be compounded and those whom fail to comply with the agreement will be held liable. That comes after the announcement today of Joe Biden saying, quote, it's time to end America's longest war. Now, he wants the troops out of Afghanistan on September 11th. Hey, really, Joe? That's the day you're going to pick? 9-11? Uh, Mr. Biden made it official with a White House announcement on Wednesday. Uh, the Washington Times right? Afghanistan barreling into the unknown after President Biden announced Wednesday that the final 2,500 plus U.S. troops will leave the country by September 11th forcing an already fragile central government in Kabul to soon go toe-to-toe -to -toe with an emboldened Taliban insurgency that appears eager to exploit a potential power vacuum and to make the American withdrawal as painful as possible. Biden says uh, it's time for America to come home. The announcement, which extends the U.S. mission more than four months past the pullout date set by President Trump in a deal with the 
Taliban in February 2020 comes fraught with risks. I mean, we've already heard the Taliban. And if you leave them, if you leave United States troops there, they're going to be held liable. Now, while I don't believe we should fear anyone, and we definitely shouldn't fear the Taliban, I want to know why Joe Biden couldn't just keep the date where we're supposed to leave Afghanistan as May 1st in a deal put together by President Trump. Is it because anything, anything at all that Donald Trump did, Joe Biden can't give him any credit for at all? I mean, that sounds like a lot of unity, if you ask me. Uh, Nancy Pelosi today, you know, I don't even know how to, how to start this, so I'm just going to read it and try to not laugh as I'm reading it. What She does a interview today with, the US, with USA Today. This is what they write. On her 100th day as Speaker of the 117th Congress, Nancy Pelosi discussed the dramatic events that opened her tenure when a mob that stormed the Capitol wanted to kill her. She says that's what they were setting out to do. Then she said this. They asked if, if that frightened her. Nancy Pelosi replied, well, I'm pretty tough. I'm a street fighter. They would have had a battle on their hands i mean really you really think so nancy what is she she's tough now like joe biden i wish i could take donald trump behind the gym the democrats are tough now she said uh pointing at uh lifting a foot clad in her classic four inch high stilettos i would have had these to use as weapons yeah okay nancy uh hey so uh project veritas james o'keefe have released part two of their uh, undercover work that they did at CNN. Now remember, uh, we spoke about it yesterday. Charlie Chester is the technical director at CNN. Well, he's got more shocking comments today. Remember, when the cameras aren't on and he's in privacy, this is what he's saying. Remember, CNN News propaganda news. In his own words, they're propaganda. This is what he said. Sad news doesn't do well with ratings. You know, like, if you can get someone impassioned that does really well with ratings, you know, sad news back to back to back doesn't do really well unless it affects them directly. He goes, COVID gangbusters with ratings, right? Which is why we constantly have the death toll on the side. Said, so, which I have a major problem with how we're telling how many people die every day. He's got a problem with that. So if he was an ethical man, you'd probably say, you probably sad of all the people, Americans that are dying from COVID. Nope, couldn't be further from the truth. He says, because even, I've even looked at it and been like, look at it and be like, let's make it higher. He is wanting Americans to die for his propaganda news network. He says, quote, like, why isn't it high enough? Like today, like it would make our point better if it was higher. And I'm like, what am I effing rallying for? That's a problem that we're doing. So it's like this special red phone rings. They pick it up and it's like the head of the network being like, there's nothing that you're doing right now that makes me want to stick. Put the numbers back up because that's the most enticing thing that we have. So, so, so put it, the COVID numbers back up like, these are the things that are constantly being talked about. I mean, how disgusting is this human being? 
wanting more Americans to die so that CNN propaganda news can get more ratings and viewers. It's disgusting. Also said, there's no such thing as unbiased news. It just doesn't exist. Says any reporter on CNN, what they're actually doing is they're telling the person what to say. It's always leading them in a direction before they even open their mouths. Says the only people that we will let on air, for the most part, are people that have a proven track record of taking the bait. I mean, this is a disgusting, disgraceful individual. And by the way, should we be surprised? This is a guy who works for CNN. In his own words, propaganda news. That's what CNN is. The problem, though, with that, it's one thing if we know that it's propaganda, but there are a ton of Americans that look at CNN and think they are a credible news source, that they're a credible news outlet. And it couldn't be the further thing from the truth. It's completely disgusting, if you ask me. This guy wanting more Americans to die so that CNN gets more ratings. It's disgusting. By the way, as we tick on down, we proudly announce we are 1,376 days now away from the end of the Biden administration. And like I always say, Man, it cannot come soon enough.